Book of Judges, chapter number six. Certainly desire your prayers that the Lord would help us tonight. I'll be the first to admit and acknowledge that I can't do anything without Him. Sure don't want to try. I have uh, looked back on some of my days and tried to do a few things without His help, and it's always a miserable failure. And an awful place to be to try to operate without the help of the Lord. And I don't want to do that tonight. I don't think I'll keep you very long. Uh, Just some simple thoughts that the Lord began to stir within my heart this afternoon. Familiar scripture, and I preach from this scripture probably about as much or more than any other portion of scripture that I can remember. And uh, So it won't be anything new to you, but I want to try my best to be a help to you and be obedient under the leadership of the Lord tonight. So if you'd pray for us, that the Lord would help us. Judges chapter 6, if you've found your place and you're able, let's stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. I'm going to read several verses and I'll try my best to read them as quick as I can, not weary you with reading or standing. But in Judges chapter 6 and beginning in verse number 1, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. The Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. The hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come to Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. It came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all them that oppressed you drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord, sat under an oak, which was an Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite. His son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. Thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? 
He said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. He said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, till I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. He said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour. The flesh he put in a basket. He put the broth in a pot. And he brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there arose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. When Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I were because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee. Fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abizrites. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. As I said already tonight, this is very familiar scripture that I've read in your hearing. We know about this story and we know about this man by the name of Gideon. We know about what's to come in the days ahead for Gideon and his 300 men and how the Lord will give them a great victory over their enemies on this day. We have to understand the context in which we read about this man by the name of Gideon. We find ourselves in the book of Judges. The book of Judges is a dark book. It's a book that, that relates to us and records for us the apostasy of the days of the people of God. We read in Judges chapter 2 that there arose a new generation that knew not the Lord, neither the mighty acts which he had done for Israel. We read about that Joshua, that great commander and leader of the captain of the hosts of Israel, has died. That Caleb has died. And the others that went in and possessed the land and saw the mighty acts that God had done, they all were gathered unto their fathers. And there was none left of that generation that knew of the mighty acts and power of their God. And this new generation generation has come and they don't know anything about their God or the power that he has and so they turn away from God and turn to the gods of the land of course we know that Joshua at the end of his day if we read in Joshua chapter 24 Joshua charges the people of God as he's going off the scene not to serve the gods of the Amorites in whose land that they dwell but to fear the Lord and only serve him and it seemed to do good for a little while but there came a day that they forgot not only the words of the man of God but they forgot 
which to bow and they turned away to other gods and so all throughout the book of Judges God delivered them into the hand of their enemy and when trouble came and the enemy came and the people of God had had enough then they would return to the Lord he would send a judge to deliver them out of their enemy's hand and they would serve God for a time and then turn away from him again and the cycle went over and over and over again here we read in Judges chapter 6 that the people of God the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of God and God delivered them into the hands of the Midianites they began to plant their crops and they would till the ground they would make sure everything was well taken care of and when the time of harvest came the children of the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east would come and they would destroy all of the increase of the earth the Bible said they left no sustenance for Israel nothing of the ground and neither ox nor sheep nor ass there was nothing the Bible said and the children of Israel found themselves greatly impoverished is what the Bible said now that word impoverished has a twofold meaning. It has to do with material things in that they stripped them of everything that they possessed. But it also has to do with an inner feeling and it has to do with being in despair that when they came and took their crops and took their livestock and destroyed all the increase of the earth, they not only took away the material possessions and the food of the people of God, but they destroyed their spirit and brought them down low. And the Bible said for this cause, the children of Israel made holes in the mountains and caves and dens to hide in when the enemy came up. As they're coming, now the people of God, if we read the Word of God and read about the past and how God delivered them, the people of God, when they were right with God and they were in the favor of God, were forced to be reckoned with. They were forced that no kingdom and no army and no king or ruler could ever overcome so long as they were in the favor and at the aid of their almighty God. But this people that was once victors, this people that marched around the walls of Jericho and they fell flat, these people that crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. This people that crossed the Jordan River on dry ground at the time that it overflowed all its banks. This people is now fed and hiding in the mountainside because they have done evil in the sight of God. Now I look around in our church day to day and this is not what I want to preach on, but I'm trying to get where I need to be tonight. If you'll just bear with me for just a minute. I look around in our church day to day and the, the shape that the church is in, the blame, it cannot be laid at the White House door. And it's not the president's fault that we're in the shape we're in in the church. It's not the Supreme Court's fault nor the laws of the land. Or the reason that we're in the shape we're in is the church. It's not the Senate's fault nor the Congress's fault nor our elected leaders nor anybody else's fault. Or that we're in the shape we're in tonight but the blame must lie at the door of the church and the fact that the people that know God have done evil in the sight of the Lord 
but we've allowed things to come in. That's what the people of God did here in this scripture. Little by little, they didn't just turn under the gods of the Amorites overnight. But little by little, things crept in, and they allowed things to come in, and they turned the blind out of this, and they became tolerant of that, and this becomes socially accepted among the people of God. And before you know it, there's a generation that don't know God, and now they've forsaken God and are serving a false God. I'm going to tell you in this day, they may not have wooden carved statues. They may not have golden idols like Nebuchadnezzar set up. But we are raising a generation of people that are serving a false God. This idea that our God is governed by love and nothing else, it gives the idea of a false God. This idea that God will accept any man regardless of what he does and that you can get in any old way and any old time you want to. That's a false God. That's not the God I serve. That's not the God of this Bible. God's main attributes not love. It's holiness. And he'll not violate his holiness for anything. He will judge sin. He always has. And he always will. But little by little, we've tolerated the church has turned a blind eye to this and a blind eye to that. And now we're living in a day. We read Revelation chapter 3 about how Laodicea was lukewarm. And the Lord said, I would that thou wert hot or cold. In reality, if we want to preach that in mountain terms, the Lord said, I wish you'd quit straddling the fence and get on one side or the other. Either be on my side or be on the world's side. But we're living in a day where everybody wants to straddle the fence. It used to be people wanting to come and talk to the preacher and ask him, what they could do, what they could sell out to, what they could give up to try to get closer to God. But now in our day in 2022, they want to know how much of the world they can have and still feel a little God in their soul on Sunday morning. I say, God help us. We're in bad shape in this day. We're living in a day where you can't tell the world from the church and the church from the world. When churches become entertainment, when churches become a social gathering, or when churches become an interactive family occasion, or to come to, I see it all the time. Now, I'm not going to preach rough or hard tonight. I'm just preaching my heart. People get on social media, and the first thing they want to know when they're searching for a church is what kind of programs you got for my kids. What can you take my kids out and do with them while we're at church? I'm going to tell you what kids need. Uh, they need preaching and praying and singing and shouting. Uh, they don't need anything different from the adults. Uh, they need to be in the service where God is. Uh, that's what we need in this day. Uh, and the reason we have a church uh, that is powerless uh, is we now have those people uh, that were raised outside the service are now the ones running the church. We're living in a day where we got to find something to substitute the missing power of God. And so we go running after anything 
that will draw a crowd. I understand you said, preacher, we're not doing that here. I'm not saying we are, but I'm going to tell you, we better not look down our nose on anybody, think we're any better than anybody else. It's but by the grace and the mercy of God that you and I understand what the power of God is. And I will say this, if you've ever experienced it, you'll not be satisfied with anything else. You'll want to keep on keeping on and despite what the world is doing. I believe that's what Gideon was doing. I thought I'd preach something else, but I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I can get away from this right here. Up down yonder in the land of Israel, most of them are hiding in the rocks and the dens, biting their fingernails to the quick, worrying and wondering about what's going to happen tomorrow. The Midianites are coming back. If they do come back, what are they going to do? Are they going to bar up the doors of the church? Are they going to last to assemble? And everybody's afraid of what's going on in their day. I look around in these days I'm just preaching tonight I'll be done in just a minute but we're in in that same day today the church can't worship God for fear of what the world's going to do can I remind you of something tonight my Lord made me a promise and if you're a part of the church he made you one too he said I'll build my church on the rock of the fact not on Peter but on the rock the foundation of the fact that I am the Christ and the son of the living God and he said even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it we become so wrapped up now I understand I preached on this morning but it transcends and goes beyond just prayer we become so ritualistic and formalistic in about everything we do in service to God we become so wrapped up in buildings and in property and I'm not faulting anybody I thank God for the building we have I thank God that he's made a way for us to stay and to occupy here with a wonderful location I thank God for you that's here I pray for those who are not here you understand what I'm saying but the majority I'd say probably 95% plus of the people of God are so steeped in formalism and tradition if the government shut the church doors and said you cannot assemble in the building the majority of the people of God would never assemble again oh yeah we're too worried about what what's going on what the enemy's going to do I'm going to tell you something tonight. The enemy's going to do what the enemy does. The enemy's going to fight against it. Peter said we have an adversary and he's the devil. And he's walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if he can find somebody, he's going to devour. And the devil's not going to stop. He's going to go over time in these days. But I'm going to tell you, my Lord said, even the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. So I find in this scripture, and I had never thought I had thought about none of this. The Lord's just putting it in my heart. I'm trying to get it out to you fast as it's coming to me. I had never thought about the fact that they are hiding in the mountainsides worrying about what the world's going to do and what the government's going to do. And that's where we are tonight. The majority of the church world is biting their fingers to the bone worrying about what the world's doing, what the government might do tomorrow. I'm not worried about all that. Let's focus on what God's doing. And what he's doing now, and the remnant that he still has, and he's still some that love God and love his way and want to worship and assemble together. Let's go on for the glory of God. Amen. 
while the whole countryside is hiding in the dens and worrying about what to do. There's one man way down yonder in the valley. He's in the threshing floor. That's the Lord. Study your Bible. Study the Jewish geography and you'll find that the threshing floor would have been on the top of the mountain where the wind blowed and they would beat that wheat and throw it up in the air and the wind would blow. It'd blow the chaff away and the wheat would fall back down. But Gideon ain't on the threshing floor. He's way down yonder in the valley by the wine press which was the lowest point in geography in this day. Way down yonder as low as you could go. Oh, he might be hiding from the Midianites but he's still at work. He might not have much but he's got a handful and he's doing what he can with what he has. I'm going to tell you in this day I see old Gideon out yonder and he's looking around. He's thinking, what's everybody doing? We still got to eat. We still got to make it. We still got to go on. What's everybody else doing? And Gideon thinks, well, whether everybody else does or not, I'm going to get my hand full and do what I can with what I got. I'm going to tell you tonight, we've looked over our shoulder long enough and worried and wondered about what everybody else is doing. It's time to quit worrying about what everybody else is doing. Take hold of the handful that God's given you. Use the ability God's given you. Press the wheat by the wine press. Be faithful to God. He'll meet you by the old tree. And you'll just hang on a little while. I see old Gideon down there. This is just the way I see it. You don't have to agree with me. He ended up by don't say nothing. Let's see way up yonder at the threshing floor. It would have been all the instruments to thresh the wheat. Every place to, to hook up the oxen or hook up the ashes. It would have been up yonder at the threshing floor. I don't think he's got enough to go up to the threshing floor. But I think there ain't enough to hook up the oxen. And there ain't enough to hook up the mule. There probably ain't even enough to cart it on the wagon. Maybe he can just carry it under one arm. But Gideon says, I've got what I've got. And I'm going to do what I can with what I've got. And I'm going to be faithful in what I've got. Oh, it may look like bad days. Gideon said, there's a day our fathers told us of where God moved in mighty power. He said, I might not be living in them days. But the same God, it was God back under. Is God still today. And I'm going to do what I can with what I've got. See, Gideon was feeling overwhelmed and all alone. You ever feel overwhelmed and all alone? Gideon's down there, wasn't nobody with him. Everybody else was hiding out. There wasn't nobody else searching no weed. Wasn't nobody else trying to make it. Gideon's the only one. And he thought, what am I going to do, Lord? I don't know about you, but there have been some days I've looked around Brother Charlie and thought, Lord, what are we going to do? Lord, what am I going to do? Lord, what's my family going to do? And it gets much worse. And Gideon's just down there trying his best to do what he can with what he got. I don't know if you'll get what I'm saying tonight or not. And I feel like I'm repeating myself. But I feel like God wants me to stress. He just wants you to do what you can with what you got. And not worry about what everybody else can or can't do. And not compare yourself to nobody else. And just take what he's given you. And do what you can with what you got. Get him thinking. Lord, I'm all alone. Lord, where are you at? Lord, 
our fathers told us about days gone by when you parted the Red Sea with one blast of your nostrils is what the psalmist said. And Lord, I sure would like to see them days again. Lord, it's mighty dark down here in the valley. Lord, I remember when my grandpa told me about when Joshua brought us across the river Jordan and how you commanded Joshua to tell the priest to step in the water. And when they stepped in, the water stood up on a heap and they crossed on dry ground. I think, Gideon, I'm just putting it in there. I don't think I'm doing any discredit to the word of God. I think Gideon said, Lord, I remember my grandpa telling me he crossed over on that dry ground and he looked and the priest was waving them over saying, come on over. And it had the good land. And he said, Lord, here we are. You drove out our enemies before us. You told us not to serve their gods. But Lord, we rebelled. Lord, we did wrong. You say, I ain't in there. It will be. I thought about over, over yonder at Nehemiah. Nehemiah said, Lord, it's me and my father's house. We've sinned. We need some help, Lord. I think Gideon saying, Lord, if there's ever a time we needed you, we need you now. We don't know what we're going to do, Lord. I'd like to hear from you today, Lord. I think Gideon said, Lord, my grandpa told me about all them times you talked to Moses and told him what to do. Lord, my grandpa told me that you talked to Joshua and said just because Moses was dead didn't mean you were. And you was going to be the same God for Joshua that you was for Moses. And he said, Lord, if that's true, he said, Moses is dead, and now Joshua is too. But he said, if you're the same God for them, could you be the same God for me? Let's see what I'm trying to say tonight, sis. Grandpa and Grandpa may done be gone. Mom and Daddy may done be gone. But I'm going to tell you, we may be in different days than it was in their day. We may not be crossing the Red Sea or crossing Jordan. We may just be down yonder in the valley by ourselves doing what we can with what we got. But the same God that was their God is the same God that's ours. He said, Lord, if you could talk to Moses and if you could talk to Joshua, he said, it'd sure be good if you could talk to me. And about that time, the Bible said, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and sat down. Now if you read the scriptures and not hurry past some of these words, it'll do you good. He didn't come flying by. He didn't come say, I'm in a hurry. Ask me what you need to ask me. I gotta go. But the Bible said he come over yonder and he sat down. He said, I heard you, Joshua. I heard you, Gideon. What do you gotta say? He said, the Lord's with you. You're a mighty man of valor. Gideon said, I don't know so much about that. He said, if the Lord really is with us, why is all this happening to us? I don't know how many of you have wondered over the past two years if God really is in control. Why is all this going on in the church? Why are people walking away? But the Lord said, be not afraid, be not dismayed. The Lord is with you. And he said, all these people you're worrying about, he said, you're going to smite them like there's just one man. Gideon said, oh, I don't understand. He said, how? The Lord said, you're going to save Israel. 
He said, I don't understand. How can I save Israel? I'm just down here in the wine press with my little old handful of weed. I'm a beating it out trying to hide it. I'm trying to do the best I can with what I've got. He said, I'm a poor man. My family's poor in Manasseh. I mean, we're not even one of them big tribes like Reuben or Benjamin or Levi. He said, we're just part of that half tribe that didn't all of us didn't even come over the Jordan. Some of us was content to stay on yonder side. Why how in the world, Lord, are you going to use somebody like me? Lord said, I'm not interested in who your daddy is. He said, I'm not interested in how much money you don't have. He said, I ain't interested in what your lineage is. He said, all I know is your mind. And he said, I made a covenant with your grandpa, grandpa, grandpa that I was going to take care of you. And he said, I've come to take care of you. I'm going to tell you something tonight, church. The Lord made a covenant with us that blessed day he saved us and put us in the family that he would keep us and take care of us. And he always has and he always will take care of his own. You say, preacher, what I do? You just do the best you can with what you got. You say, I ain't heard from him in a while. Just hang on. He's an oak tree in your past somewhere. And he's going to sit down under it with you. And you're going to have a talk and a conversation. But what we read tonight didn't go on in just a minute or two. He waited around long enough for Gideon to go back to the house. Had to grab a kid. I don't know where he got it from. He just had it somewhere in the barn. And he made the kid ready. And he baked some cakes of flour. And put the broth in a pot. And brought it to the Lord. And the Lord said, I'll stick around as long as you need me to. Read your Bible. Get in get said, I need something from you, Lord, while you're here. He said, Will you stay right here? He said, I get him was in such a mess. He's talking face to face with the Lord. He said, I need a sign. I'm really talking to you. He said, Will you stay right here until I go home and make ready a present and bring it back to you? And the Lord said, I'll stay as long as you need me to. I'm going to tell you something tonight, child of God. If he's come set under your tree, he'll stay as long as you need him to. But we've gotten a day where we feel like we don't need him. And that's why he's walked somewhere else. Oh, he's not left us. He said he never would. But there's a difference between his manifested presence and his abiding presence. And we always have the abiding presence. But it's not every day that we experience the manifested presence of God. God manifested himself to Gideon. He said, I'll hang around as long as you need me to. Gideon said, all right. He went running back to the house. I don't know if his wife was there. I don't know if he had a wife. I don't know if he had kids. I don't know if anybody else was in the house. He just went to running and doing what he needed to do. And in the back of Gideon's mind, because I'd say that he thought this because he's flesh just like you and me, he's thinking, I wonder if he'll still be there when I get back. I don't know what the trek was from the wine press to Gideon's house. I'd say it took a minute or two. Might have took a day. And if that's the case, it took a day to get to his house and a day to get back. And Gideon's thinking, well, I wonder if he'll be there. 
And in my mind's eye, I just see there's a big sharp corner. He has to go around and go down off in the valley. And he's on the last leg. He's thinking, please still be there. Please still be there. And he rounds the corner. Looks off down in the valley. And there he sits. Right beside the tree. You can think what you want to think. I think Gideon shouted the whole rest of the way to the valley. And he laid it out and said, this is what I went to get you. And the Lord said, just put it on the rock, son. Pour the broth out. And the Bible said he reached the staff that was in his hand out, touched the rock. And fire come up out of the rock and received the sacrifice. And the angel of the Lord departed in the smoke. You say, well, that ain't much of a way to go. He stayed as long as Gideon needed him. Gideon got everything he needed when he was with the Lord. I'm going to tell you tonight, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, you may be down yonder in the valley doing what you can with what you got. That's all the Lord's wanting to you to do is do what you can with what you got. You say, I ain't heard from him. You just hang on. You say, I ain't seen him in a while. You just hang on. And get to looking for the oak tree in your valley. Oh, how we can sing the song and it is true and I'm not doing any discredit to the song or the scripture it's in the word of God that he's the lily of the valleys I understand that and people want to go looking for the lily and I'm not doing anything against that but I'm going to tell you what we need in this day when we're trying our best how to do what we can and what we've got is go looking for an old tree somewhere where he'll meet with us my Bible said that tree Believe what you want to. It said it remains there to this day. I think that old tree still standing has a testimony and a memorial that when the Lord's all you have, He's all you need. You say, I don't know what to do. If you've got the Lord, you've got all you need. You say, I ain't got much and I can't do much. Just do what you can with what you got. And wait on Him to sit down under your tree. Yes, sir. I promise you, if He ever comes by your tree, you'll never be the same again. Right. We could go through the Word of God and ask folks. We could ask Abraham when the Lord sat down under his tree if he ever was the same again. And he'd tell you no. For it's under the, under the tree where the Lord rested with Abraham and told him his son was coming. And Abraham never was the same. We can ask old Zacchaeus if he is ever the same. When the Lord come by his tree and he'd tell you never the same. We can ask Elijah if he was the same after the Lord passed by his juniper tree and he'd tell you never the same. We can ask that thief on the cross if he ever was the same after the Lord came where his tree was and he'd tell you never the same. And I'm going to tell you tonight if you're sitting there waiting at your tree you just hold on as the writer of the song said hold on a little longer. Help's on the way. There's a brighter day coming for those who believe and pray. Help can't help tomorrow if you give up today. So just hang on a little longer. Help's on the way. You say, what do I do, preacher? You do what you can with what you got. Trust the Lord and He'll take care of you through it all. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, tonight for the privilege. Oh, what a privilege, Lord. It's been to be in your house with your people. I bless your good name tonight for what a fill in my heart. Lord, and for the help that I've experienced in my own soul tonight.
or to be reminded that this valley may be dark. And Lord, it may be a long, long place that we find ourselves in. Lord, I'm glad you know where we are in the valley. And Lord, would you help us in these days when everybody else is hiding in the dens and the caves a-worrying and a-wringing their hands and a-biting their fingers to the bone. Would you help us, Lord, to trust you and to do the best we can with what we have. And to